<laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I just I just thought of saying clever. Welcome to Chapel Belker, a stats focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Nathan. And I'm Justin. And today we're going to be reviewing the game against the true undercats of the East, Missouri. Uh, it was a, you know, it, w- it was a game that was, was a game. It's the best thing. It's the best thing you can say about it. Um, <laughs> so let's start as we always do this week or in our reviews, rather. Um, although I suppose we do it every Missouri week. Let's start with our experiences, subjective narratives. Yeah. And every other week, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with our experiences, subjective narratives, etc. Do you yeah. want to start us off? Any any subjective narrative review you want to go over right now? It was so cold. <laughs> yes, That's it was about cold. It. Yeah, it was it was it was quite a cold time. Uh, I had a really great weekend in general. We did some tailgating on North Campus with some of uh, Anna's parents, what they call their supper club, just folks I've been having dinner with since college and. Got to do that, and my brought the dog, brought Pepper to North Campus, and she's been pretty great um, until she saw somebody down there on the sidewalk that she really wanted to go say hey to, and she ended up running down the hill right there on uh, that road. What road is that? That's um, it's across from Grady, or it's where Grady is. Uh, but we were across the the road on that hill, and she was like, she took off like a bullet, and then didn't realize there was a hill, and decided to tumble all the way down the hill until she was basically in that person's lap on the sidewalk, and it was pretty fantastic but um other than that you know i I did the usual thing where i I went over to ryan and heathers and i I watched this game uh a a fairly um uneventful game it felt and the commentation or commentary was was commentation commentary was was pretty indicative of that as well uh by the end of it there was not a whole lot going on (laughs) in the in the booth there but it was a game it was definitely a game what about you um it was cold it was very cold and it was, I mean, I, I had a very, very good day. So got to see a lot of new people or not new people, old friends, meet some people. Um, it's never really a bad day, however cold it gets. I mean, it only got down to 37 and I was very Boy Scout prepared. I had like six layers. I was giving away uh, clothing at points during the game. Um, not giving away, but letting people borrow it. So let's see. I thought that the Redcoats had a really good run of the Salute to America show, which we put together in, you know, two or three weeks, but we were adding stuff up to, you know, the actual hours before the show. We got an opportunity to play with Timothy Miller, the tenor who, the operatic tenor who does God Bless America at the Braves games and then at the UGA games. Occasionally, he was, we got the opportunity to back him up and play, like, accompany him. And so the week of the game, we got a, the Redcoats got a, version of god bless america and learned it in like a day and then we practiced it once with him at soundcheck on three of the day of the game and then we played it with him so considering that it was all put together really at the last minute i thought it sounded really good and it was very moving and the uh, lights were really good they did like red white and blue lights and um it was just a very emotional thing uh i went to the wsls podcast which was really fun got to see will leach and tony and them their tailgate um, you mean? Slow- yeah their tailgate rather um i'm slowly trying to uh tony's daughter is really into redcoats so i think i annoyed him because i was like hey do you want to come to redcoat practice and she was like oh my god can i and then he texted me the other day or he texted me today and he was like all right what time is redcoat practice and i was like ha ha <laughs> gotcha um let's see uh uh i got to see a couple of old friends i saw kale self who is 
the director of athletic bands at West Georgia, but he was my sousaphone instructor when I was in Redcoats. Uh, and we got to hang out for a little bit and that was really awesome. I saw Erin Fry up in the stands uh, and I saw her and I was like, oh, I know her. She was in, uh, that's Erin Fry. And then I was like, no, it's not. No, it can't be her. And then she tagged a picture of me uh, up in the stands being like, hey, look, it's uh, Nathan. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn it, I should have said something. Let's see. Um, I hate the inside zone so, so much. So much. Um, I hate that Nolan Smith cannot get a holding call to save his life. Uh, let's see. Uh, the center literally cannot hold, apparently. Um, another Yeats reference for you there, Kenneth. Um, is that this? Is things fall apart, Yeats? You mean like a Yeet? No, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> the second coming. Every Yeats. teacher's least L- favorite thing to Yeats. hear. I mean, no, it's not. Because like whenever people say... Well, I guess a lot of people, but my my sort of like strategy with memes is that you, if you know more about the memes than your kids do, they'll think they're lame. Mm-hmm. So if you just keep using them correctly, they'll be like, "Ah, oh, now I don't care." So if you walk um, into your your classroom like you're flipping water bottles and dabbing back well, and no, forth, like if a kid flips water bottles, I'll just be like, "Listen, is it 2018? Is Vine still around? I don't know. Well, this is the old. <laughs> what are you? What are you? 35? What are you? Are you 80?" Or, or I'll be like, I'm sorry, would you do that on TikTok? And they're like, you know what TikTok is? And I'm like, I have a TikTok account. I'm on TikTok um, right now. Right now. Uh, at one point, one of the highlights of the night for me was that after a particularly egregious no call on a holding, the band started chanting, okay, boom, or clap, 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 clap <laughs> which I thought was really great. Um, and I hope that that continues to happen. Uh, I also got to see both my sisters, Hannah and her friends, Caitlin and Jackie and Keandra were all there. And Mallory was there um, and they got to go to the game and I managed to get them, score them some tickets so that they could have some good seats. So that was really cool because they don't need to go very often. I mean, it was all in all. I mean, other than my just like white hot rage at what this team is offensively now, uh, it was a really fun day. I mean, I, I, I even I kind of like cold football games. Like, it's mm-hmm. very like. Even though that is that makes me the worst kind of like Ohio State fan, being like, <laughs> oh yeah, the cold, and I definitely looked like an Ohio State fan because I had like two long sleeve layers and then like a Nike hoodie with a with a beanie, so it was like vintage like Big Ten like Iowa Ohio State fan, like oh it's snowing but I'm just gonna wear a hoodie kind of BS, but um, <laughs> yeah, so that was good. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought it was all in all a pretty good day. Um, yeah, we won, and the defense is has gone from very good to excellent to wow this defense might be the best Kirby Smart's had um I think maybe some of the stuff is some of some of the defensive stats are probably inflated by the offenses that we played however I think this defense is still very good yeah Uh, they're very very fast Mm -hmm. the biggest thing at the end of the day like people keep on talking about how a lot of headlines have said things like you know Ohio State scored 73 points on maryland and they're like that's not impressive i'm like but it is impressive to do that in 60 minutes of football and just like yeah, that it's yeah, impressive exactly. to have four shutouts no matter who the teams are you're playing and so i think that's important to remember still but mm-hmm. um other things that happened we did get pepper a jersey we finally got pepper a jersey yeah and i it, saw that she's a she's a cutie pie she is she is. saturdays is for the dogs uh including pepper um this game, we I want I do want to get into the stats, and I want to get into the stats with this with this idea that this game looked very different. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked it looked weird. It looked different. You know, immediately speaking, we saw a wild dog, um, in the first mm-hmm. quarter. That was weird. Uh, other than that, there were Jake Fromm was throwing some bombs, and it could have just been because yeah. they adjusted the game game plan to uh to not just run the ball straight out of the gate. Um 
they were trying to get separation because the box is loaded most of the day. Um, but I, I do want to kind of let, let's look at stats if you want, and we could run down some things and kind of talk about why this game looked the way it did, and if the eye test proves that Georgia's offense is bad, they had a bad day. Are we trying new things? Like, what does it tell us? Do you want to hit us with it? I mean stats wise yeah okay so i will say before i get into these stats yeah. i did think that there were some well-designed plays and that there was mm-hmm. just some sloppy execution my problem is more of the placement of the plays than the stats so i mean off the top just if we're talking about uga's offense like standard down versus passing down uga ran 63 percent of its standard downs yesterday mm-hmm. we had a success rate of 63 percent a rush success rate of 70 percent pass success rate of 50 percent explosiveness rate of 13 uh explosive rate rush of 10 explosive rate pass 17 havoc rate surrender 13 so those are all sort of just average i mean rush success rate of 70 is pretty good uh but on the other hand um if you look at passing downs georgia you know rush rate 27 percent success rate 18 freaking percent the problem is a lot of those passing downs were like on second and eight right so if you have a standard down and you're not showing success and you run the ball right up the middle and you end up in a passing down right and you we are not doing very good at that and we were kind of relying on jake Fromm to bail us out on third down situations but at the end of the day we weren't even very good at that right so if you look at it on a buy down percentage kind of thing so if you look at it on uh, if you break it all down by down georgia had a 35 percent first down success rate 27 percent second down success rate and 42 percent third down success rate i think that second down success rate isn't particularly indicative of the fact that a lot of times we just would run it up the middle and get three or four yards and put ourselves in a position where 70 percent of the line to gain was like eight or nine yards right and so i i just this the offense the play design got better and a little bit more creative there was a near touchdown to eli wolf that i thought was particularly good I thought we intentionally tried to, as you say, get James Cook involved. I don't know if I love the wild dog, but hey, it's an mm. idea. It's I, an idea. I thought we saw, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, seriously, I thought we saw yeah, a true. lot of really, really interesting new things, but just the moments when they were called, in particular, like 63% standard down run rate, is it's kind of bad, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I just, it's hard for me to say, I, it's hard for me to say, what the problem is here but it just feels like to me that we are so stuck on the fact that we're going to run on first down and that would normally be fine but we run one of two plays on first down out of one of like two uh one of like two um formations and so when you do that what ends up happening is that you you know i mean you just end up being predictable and you're not even run past predictable you're like schematically predictable right and that and like it's okay to be run past predictable because if everybody knows you're going to run, but you're good at it and you do it and you have a variety of ways to do it, then you, it can, it can work, right? Willie Fritz has been doing this over at Tulane for a long time, right? It, but if you decide, if you only have two or three running concepts in the playbook and you run one of those two or three on first down every damn time, I, you know, there's not really a lot that, that even really good execution can do to save you there. So that's, that's where I am. Yeah. And and one thing I noticed, like watching the LSU Alabama game for a little while, it's like what they're doing with their running backs, being able to push through those offensive lines and just have so many yards after contact. That's what I I can only assume we're trying to do, but it's just not working the way that it's working for LSU and Alabama. Like I was watching, what's his face? Uh, Najee Harris and uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like those dudes can hit the line and just keep trucking. Like, 
eight yards a, a, a play, and it's absolutely wild to see that. And that's something we've had in the past, but this year just hasn't worked the same way as it has in the past, and I'm not sure why. Despite our offensive line being massive, um, it just doesn't it doesn't make much sense to me other than teams are wising up in a way. Um, I don't well, know. It's, but I, I mean, I think it's because we are uncreative. We're we're uncreative in terms of like what we are doing formationally. Like it's okay if we want to run zone all the time, but you have to have you have to have something a little bit more interesting. For mm-hmm. that, I think. Yeah, that makes I mean, sense. That, that's just me. I mean, yearly players play share 107 times. We run the inside zone read that uh, inside zone read 20 percent uh, of the time for the year. Right. That's 52, 52 percent success rate, which is OK. But I mean, we're running inside zone and outside zone a combined almost 30 percent of the time. So one out of three plays is literally an inside or sorry, no inside zone read and inside zone one out of three times. So if you have three offensive downs and, you know, we like to run on first down. We're probably going to run some kind of inside zone concept on that first down. And the problem is we're not even doing like the Matt Canada trickeration thing. We're like moving stuff around like I, that. That's what drives me crazy is that like it's become easy for uh, for people to figure out what we're going to do very minutely. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what bothers me about it. Yeah, it's definitely strange. Um, well, I mean, statistically, the good news is like this defense is elite. 3.4 yards per play on the day. 58 plays, 198 yards over 12 drives, which means a lot of their drives were just three and outs. 31% success rate to defer on the day for uh, Missouri. 23% success rate run. Uh, 36% success rate pass. Well under the national average for everything. 3.72 yards per play pass. All right, that's amazing. 2.9 mm-hmm. yards per play rush. That's very good. Stuff rate of 32%. One out of three runs that they had were either at the line of scrimmage or behind it. 16% havoc rate overall. Um but did a really good job dialing up havoc, especially on passing downs. Eighteen percent havoc rate on passing downs, which is really good. Twenty-six percent percent havoc rate surrendered on standard downs. So those are both good. Like it was just, it was overall, it was a very good day from the from the the defense. Which, you know, I think, as I said before, I think some of this is the fact that we were playing Missouri's second string running back or quarterback. We played Florida's second string quarterback. We played South Carolina's second string quarterback. But still, at the end of the day, like you said you have the schedule that you have and so if if you can't if you don't if you refuse to use the stats for a team that is for the schedule that a team has played because of the quality of the team you're not going to get any information and all of the information that we have right now says that this team is elite defensively mm-hmm. so yeah maybe we can caveat that and say instead of being top you know 5 defensively we're probably more like top 6 or 8 that's still a very very good defense mm-hmm. currently per S&P plus which does weight mm-hmm by uh which would dust weight by opponent we are the second ranked defense in the nation which we are still slipping offensively we are the 18th ranked offense <laughs> which is uh, uh yeah. which is not that good uh yeah. in the in the top four the top four right now on sp plus are ohio state fourth ranked offense alabama second ranked offense lsu third ranked offense and then us mm-hmm. 18th we i mean we we have a very good defense it's good company and very good special teams yeah second in special teams second in defense but good god just not very good at all um offensively right now and just stilted i and i i don't know what the answer is i mean i think the answer is just this is who we are and we're gonna have to win games in an ugly fashion and my issue and i tweeted this during the game and it got a lot of traction on twitter was i think that this offense is probably good enough to eke it out and have an ugly win against auburn i think we can beat texas a m with this offense i think we can beat georgia tech with this offense i don't know that we can beat lsu with this offense it's hard to say especially since 
the, the biggest thing is like looking just at the straight, uh, you know, the like the thousand yard stare at the offensive defense special teams SP plus against LSU. We're right there with them. Um, our offense is just as good as it, it's better than their defense and our defense is better than their offense just a bit. Uh, their special teams are just three ranks lower than ours. So if anything, it's going to be a good game. If yeah. we make it that I mean, far, <laughs> if we do, I, yeah, we got to beat Auburn first. Right? Yeah. But um, it looks, it, it does. It's not the worst thing in the world. Like we're not in the worst space imaginable. Uh, this yeah, defense I mean, will no, continue I mean, to carry I, the team. I'm not, I'm not despairing. I just no. think it's very frustrating that I think this could easily be a top 10 offense. Mm-hmm. And if this is a top 10 offense, we probably are not having this conversation because we didn't lose to South Carolina. Yeah. And I, and I just, and it's, this is not an existential post. I just really, my question is, do we see any mo- movement in the coaching staff this summer? Cause I think we very well could. We very well could see some assistant coaches move around. Yeah. I think that that wouldn't be the worst thing to happen. Uh, do you want to hear some some things that people are talking about in the headlines? Yeah, people are trying yeah. to speculate as to what the hell's going on, and I'm right there with them for the most part. But a few things that are that are being thrown around are: are we saving our running backs for f- like as fresh legs for the upcoming games because we know what's coming and we knew that this Mizzou team was not as strong? Um, is our run D super bad because our run offense super bad because Mizzou, you know, their run D was as good as we kind of spoke about in the stats? Or are we trying to get more game time reps for our passing game and build more confidence between, you know, from and his wide receiver core? Is it a combination of all those? Is it any of those? Is it one of those? What do you think? I think we just aren't. I think we're just not very creative. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's I don't think there's any more four dimensional uh, chess here. There's no more. I think we chess. just. Yeah. No, we, we, we just are not being very creative and. And honestly, too, I think part of this is not even the coach's fault. I don't know how good of a year that Jake Fromm is having. He's holding mm-hmm. the ball way too long. He's not seeing open receivers like he has. Now, whether or not that has to do with the fact that James Coley is giving him stuff that he's not good at or not, I don't know. I don't have that. But there have been several times where he's just, I mean, both the sacks that he took this weekend were pretty much just him staring down coverage and not being able to find an open man mm-hmm. or being unwilling to throw it away. And that was never a problem that he had in the last couple of years. Yeah. Let's see. So I don't know. I um, mean, I, honestly, I mean, where I am with this is we're probably still like a top five or sixteen. So it's hard mm-hmm. to really complain. Which is it's well, that's a tough place to be. You'd almost rather be in a much lower position than right there, you know, on the outside looking in. But yeah, that's arguable. I, I that's how I feel. I'm like, I, if I'm going to lose, I'd rather lose. <laughs> I'd rather know now, so I don't get let down later that this is how it is. But we we have a very good chance. There's a very good argument to make that this team still does pretty well to finish out the season and, and may just get it all together against LSU. Uh, one thing that that is all kind of hinging upon is news of these injuries. So there are a lot of injuries in this game, a lot of weird injuries that you could probably blame on the cold or, uh, you know, Missouri just playing kind of sloppy um, or, or playing, you know, with their hair on fire, trying to make something happen. But we had Isaiah Wilson go down. We had Cade Mays go down. We had Lawrence Cager go down. We had Trey Hill go down. I think there may be a fifth that I'm missing, but those are the four big ones for sure. But it sounded like it sounded like that everybody other than Trey Hill probably could have gone. Yeah. So in that sense, I, I don't think the 40 chess thing is real, but I do think that they thought, well, we can probably win this game mm-hmm. with these without running these injuries. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I have heard, like you said, that Cade Mays, Lawrence Cager are do- totally fine. I didn't see anything about Wilson or Hill. Did you? I did not. I did. I, I saw that Isaiah. I saw Isaiah Wilson came back out. Okay, good. I didn't actually notice that. Uh, but no, I haven't heard anything about Trey Hill. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Just to yeah, I don't. I don't think there have been any updates on him as of right now. 
But yeah, and then they threw Cade Mays in there. One good thing, yeah, one Cade Mays had that. one bad snap, but yeah. he did pretty well the rest of that. It was his very first snap, <laughs> which yeah. is okay. And the rest, he was pretty good. He's just super versatile. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some positives from this game, though. That the fact that Lawrence Cager is awesome. He is. Yeah. Outstanding. And it sounds like he can come back too, which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. And then uh, George Pickens, uh, despite you know, did you get to see the one-handed catch, the almost one-handed catch that he was kind of pushing off the other if guy? If he had put, if he had put two hands into it, he probably would have gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any? He has there, a left ankle injury, Trey Hill. Apparently. Okay, got it. Thank you. I think he said he rolled his ankle, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. So he, we'll see. he might be fine by next weekend. Never know. Yeah. Yep. Pickens had two touchdowns on the day, but he probably could have had three or four. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those those two guys are looking really, really solid. And I'm super excited about Pickens and what he's going to look like with time going on. Uh, other big things I really enjoyed, uh, the LeCount flop. <laughs> uh, it may have been my favorite thing all night. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, when he got pushed off and he just fell mm-hmm. down. Yeah, he kind of... He, he, he played it really well. Like uh, the other guy was getting his face and he's trying to get him in there. And like, I was like, I don't want to mess with you. And he eventually put his hands on the count and the count went like, ah, <laughs> he fell he backwards fl- yeah, super he, dramatically. He, he definitely like he, uh, he Isaiah Wilson style flopped. It yep. was pretty impressive. He milked it. It was good. Um, what else happened? It looks like the rest of these, you kind of already talked about. Is there anything else you want to pull away from this before we talk about any other specific uh, <sighs> I mean, observations? I think my, my overall stats, the stats profile is, we should be we should feel very lucky that we get to watch this defense because mm-hmm. they are good. I mean, and and to be fair, like they're they are actually doing pretty well on the year. They're doing better than I thought they would at Havoc rate. They're still just above average, but they're not below average at Havoc rate. And I mean, I thought that I thought yesterday, despite having only a on the day uh, 16% Havoc rate, I thought that they they had some very timely havoc and they, you know, they, they run well. I think the return of Tyreek Stevenson and the return of Tyson Campbell is going to change the, is going to really change the game for this defense because those two are big. They are fast. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson just basically like deleted their best receiver, their, their tight end whose name, um, uh, Albert O'Quongbunum, um, mm-hmm. had nine, he had nine, he had nine pass attempts, but only four receptions for 30 yards. Right. And that was mostly because Tyreek Stevenson just erased him. And that bodes really well. Having those two back on the day uh, was very, very positive. Um, I I also feel like that just overall this defense, I think that Jordan Davis is I think not only is Jordan Davis starting to look elite, I think that the guys behind him are starting to look look elite. I think Michael Barnett has looked really good. I thought that. uh, Oh, what's his name? Number 95. Shoot. Devontae Wyatt, I think, has looked very good. Boom. Mm-hmm. Got it for a second. Um, <laughs> so I it just took me a second to pull that one up. But I mean, I and if you look at the... I, there were just so many passes defensed on this game. Uh, and in the past, our weakness has really been our pass defense, if we could be said to have a weakness. So it was very good to see... Um, to see, I don't know, see that much activity in the defensive backfield. Yeah. So like on the day, we had one, two, three, four passes defensed. Uh, two of those were by Tyreek Stevenson on Albert, whose last name I'm not going to try to. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce. <laughs> um, I thought I think that Eric Stotes has continued to come on. He had one moment where he kind of fell down in coverage, which is whatever. Um, I just think top to bottom, this is just a super 
this is a very complete defense. Trayvon Walker looked really good. Even and, and I will say also that like the last note on the defense is that the fact that Kirby trotted the first team defense back out there in the red zone to save yeah. the, to save both the scoreless running streak and the uh the shutout was like mm, that was peak energy. I really loved <laughs> I it. I liked that a lot. That yeah. was really awesome. Let's move into over-unders from our previous game to talk about how this came out. So over under the first one was UGA allowing 90 rush yards. I think they only allowed 50. I said under, you said over. Uh, I think that was a pretty dominant rushing game. And it, it does stand to, to, to kind of prove your point about what were you talking about there in the last bits of the game. They, they trotted out that first, that first team defense one more time just to make sure that rushing touchdown did not happen. So we're still, you know, nine games deep into a season without a rushing touchdown, which is very exciting. Time of possession for UGA is 31 minutes. We both said over. Uh, I think UGA actually had it for 35 and some change boom hit that easy oh yeah uh over under 12 and a half missouri points we both said under and 25 jake Fromm pass attempts you said over i said under you take that one i was pleasantly surprised by how much jake Fromm threw the ball uh i, I yeah. think that that was a uh, kind of he's still he's still not totally put together but no no and it, it's probably it's a team uh, hopefully effort. he'll get yeah. there yeah uh prediction for the game there was a 24 point differential for mine i said 37 to 14 uga you said 30 to 10 you get a 13 point differential for the win actual score of course was 27 to zero so feels goodman we 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 beat the line 17 point favorite the over under uh under for the game was 48 points so didn't hit that one but that's all right because that means you know missouri didn't put any points on the board yeah if missouri was like a little bit better we probably would have beat that over under yeah Um, so it is what it is any big takeaways i I mean this defense is just amazing yeah i mean that they are what they are at this point um you know, but I think we can kind of get into our SCBC that will kind of allow us to get into some. We're going to have, it's pretty clear to me at this point, a kind of shorter episode on, on this one because we both have stuff to do and there's not really a lot to say on this one. Yeah, we got a lot more coming up in the next weekend with Auburn. So we'll have a lot to talk about that game, I know. So we'll we'll move through this one fairly quickly. But you ready to get into our favorite segment of the day, Ask CBC? Yes. If you want to hear your questions on the show, make sure you hashtag Ask CBC. You can hear your questions on the show and we will answer them on air so very first question comes from abby which there's a reason for this actually uh what is your favorite candy and i'll tell you the the background story was somewhere near the end of the game right there when the commentary was getting bored and the i'm assuming like the camera folks were getting bored all this stuff so yeah the background story is this uh that that jordan davis was seen somebody was feeding him swedish fish as just a i guess like a quick you know get your sugar your blood sugar back up just so you're okay and so one of the questions was real quick you know how many swedish fish does he burn per play which we we had ryan nelson chimed in and he said according to the calorie control council one minute vigorous football play for a 350 pound man burns 22 calories if you assume that a typical football play has six seconds of vigorous football activity for a defensive lineman that's about 2.2 calories per play a swedish fish has 7.3 calories so it takes jordan davis just under three and a half plays to burn off one swedish fish (laughs) so all of that to say what's your favorite candy nathan (laughs) uh haribo golden bears don't run at me with any of this like knockoff gummy bear bullshit haribo golden bears till i die son i think those are the the gummy bears yeah i just didn't realize that was your favorite candy oh hell yeah it is yeah are you always always fruit or always chocolate uh i'm usually fruit i like chocolate but i like chocolate with salty stuff so i like either like salted dark chocolate or i also really love like uh chocolate with pretzels like uh-huh. those little like take five things yeah um that but makes sense. i i don't have much of a taste for like super super sweet stuff uh-huh um 
So I don't know. That's all right. I'm a Skittles guy. Anna loves chocolate. I like Skittles. I love the Skittles. I love every Skittle. There's not a bad Skittle. <laughs> really? I really like the tropical Skittles. Yeah. We do have, we talk about A-list and B-list candies in our house a lot. And Anna is a big lover of like B and C-list candies is what I like. I, I try to joke. Uh, I would really? say, I would argue that Haribo gummy bears are probably B-list candies. Like they're not like the Snickers and the Reese's of the world. They're right? like, yeah. they're lower I like, tier. I, I like, I like take fives a lot. That See, that's have, a like, B-list candy for it. me too. I feel like that's kind of a C-list candy almost. Could, I wasn't going to say it, but you know, if you're going to no, say it. No, it's okay. I don't mind being like <laughs> unique. I don't yeah. like, I don't mind having interesting thoughts. I love some Skittles. I love red vines, dude. And that's an unpopular opinion too. I know that's like a D-list candy, at least in Yeah, Yeah, North that's America. like an E-list candy or something. <laughs> all right. Before we this turn is, into a candy podcast. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, RX Dog, why does our offense have the creativity of a light switch? Yeah, that makes that's actually perfect. Either our one of our very skilled people, very skilled players, makes a play in this horribly designed, horribly designed offense <laughs> we have, or they don't. It's either kind of on and off. Yes I can't tell you. No. Uh, I I don't want to say it's because James Coley is bad because we've only had a year, but it might be because James Coley is bad. It could very well be. We'll see. Yeah, we can't say for sure yet. Like Bank, Kyle Nab. How do the O-line injuries change the outlook for the rest of the season? Which they might uh, be okay. It really depends on whether or not Trey can go. If Trey can go, then it's we're probably good. Because I think the other two looks like they're going to be able to. So, Okay. I mean, the reason you build depth on your line is for something like this. And Cade Mays, despite the one bad snap, looked really pretty good in there. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. I do think it would be a big deal if we were not healthy going into LSU if we were to play LSU. Yeah. If we had Jamari Sawyer starting at center that would probably be a bad situation. Not that he's a bad player yeah. by any means, but he's, he's not Cade Mays, uh, yeah. you know, or any of the other fellows. Stranger Lou, why won't Jake tell his father he don't want this life and fire that pigskin to Eli Wolf instead of trying to guide it in? <laughs> <laughs> Is he talking about Cager? No. Uh, no. He's just trying to, he wants to throw the ball to Eli Wolf, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know Eli where this Wolf comes from. Really, there was a really well-designed play where Eli Wolf like came in tight to block and then kind of tried to leak through. And honestly, it, you know, barring a really good play from I think number eight was their number one corner. He he was really active all day. Barring a really good play from him, you know, it wouldn't have been wouldn't have like it would have been a an easy touchdown. So I I think they're actually trying to get him more involved. And there were several plays like that where it was like, ah, oh, this was a good idea. If it had worked, it would have been a really good idea. So. Mm-hmm. Irk Russell, Bang Mary Kill, Beth Moens, Gary Danielson, Brian Grease. Um, I'm greasy. I'm going to go greasy. and say oh, my bad. that it is uh, Bang Beth Moens, Mary Beth Moens, tie Brian Greasy <laughs> and Gary Danielson into a sack like two cats and throw them into a river. <laughs> that's fine. I choose celibacy. Uh, that's the one thing that <laughs> would lead me. I choose to not be involved. Yeah, I'm going to go out to South Bend and become someone's father, Catholic-wise. Because uh, that's how that works out up in Notre Dame. Yeah. Ryan, and this is the Clark variety. How the fuck did we beat LSU, he says. Um, well, figure some stuff out on, in the running game. Because it's clear that we want to be a man ball team. So we need to be more, I don't know, we just clever bigger about than them, the way. I guess? <laughs> well, no, not even that. We just need to be more clever about the way we're man balling. I don't even yeah. care. I don't care about like the fact that we want to be man ball. I just want to do man ball intelligently, which we are not mm-hmm. right now. It is what it is. So that's all I got. The very last Anything question else? is oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, a real doozy. It is 
man, we're going to spend like 30 minutes just on this, aren't we? <laughs> There's uh... a good I want to get my hashtag Ask CBC question in before I forget. So here goes. Which My Chemical Romance song best represents each time, each team in the SEC? Excuse me. And this is Kyler Ken. This is from Kenneth. Yeah, this is from Ken. So um, you give me the ones you got and I'll try to add in from there. Sure. So I, I am not. I've, I started doing the research for this, this question. <laughs> and that research just involved going back and reading through lyrics and then listening to them if I didn't remember the, the, the sound and what it was. But most of the, sound, the songs kind of have the same feeling for the most part. And so it just went back to lyrics wise. And so these are based off of lyrics for me. Uh, and then I got really, <laughs> I was just kind of much like this offense. I was kind of uh, upset by the lack of creativity in these songs. And, and you can, you can at me with for that one, but uh, they're all pretty much similar. Okay. Alabama. I went straight to Alabama. Um, and I said that they are the song. I'm not okay. Uh, just letting us know like you know they're trying to let us know like you think they're we're not fine, okay but we're not okay something is is deeply wrong with us so we're not sure what it is but just to say the alabama team is is not looked the same they have in past years and it's been a steady very slow decline like they're still one of the best teams absolutely but you know the best players aren't all going to alabama anymore they're they're being dispersed and they're being used differently than they would be there mm-hmm. uh i gave lsu black parade because they did just beat alabama and so the very first uh, stanza, it says, he said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? He said, will you defeat them, your demons and all the non-believers, the plans that they have made? And so that's just kind of the, the ode to LSU in this defeating the Death Star that is Alabama this weekend, giving him to his first regular season loss in his entire career. But that's as far as I got. Do you want to hit us with the, the, the rest of all of the My Chemical Romance? Uh, yeah, sure. I bet you do. So... Let's start with. I can keep going too as we go. Yeah, give me, yeah. So, give me two seconds. So I'm gonna say, yeah. So I think Arkansas is demolition lovers because it's about falling with in love with someone and knocking over convenience stores in order to keep yourself on the road. Uh-huh. I think vampires will never hurt you is Auburn because if there's anyone in the SEC that's going to start a real life vampire hunt uh, because they think vampires exist, it's Auburn. So I think Texas A&M is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry sorry i just i just thought of something clever i'm gonna make texas a&m the ghost of you because we're they're just chasing things that happened in like 1930 i'm gonna make <laughs> old miss is gonna be oh thanks for the venom for sure because that's arkansas? the like, no no no, oh, no. arkansas arkansas is demolition lovers old oh, miss okay. is thanks for the venom because thanks for the venom is like that's what old miss does they're just vitriol they're just made of vitriol i'm gonna say that can we make Missouri Helena? Because they're like, yeah, I'll miss no, you. That... I'll see you again next time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's very sweet. Because Helena is about like being sad that you weren't around your grandmother enough when mm-hmm. she was dying. And that's like, you know, we, we've already established that Missouri fans are nice. And that's a very Missouri mm-hmm. fan thing to do. I'm going to say Kentucky is teenagers because it sounds like the kind of song that you'd play at a basketball game. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I kind of want to switch something around here. I'm okay. going to give I'm going to give thanks to the venom. Thanks for the venom. I'm going to go to Ole Miss. Okay. Or go to Mississippi State. And then um Ole Miss is going to be uh I never told you what I do for a living because that's what every Ole Miss booster and every Ole Miss player can say. <laughs> and then Texas A&M is ghost of you. Florida doesn't get a song because fuck Florida. <laughs> um 
they and and i love mcr too much to give them a song uh-huh. let's see um Resident i'm gonna give this jet site life is gonna kill you to vanderbilt because obviously uh-huh because that's what? the that's the proletariat mm-hmm. how do you feel about uh i remember give him hell kid that can be that could potentially be a georgia song give him hell kid is a very georgia song yeah that's mm-hmm. that's for sure that's very for young sure. team still uh and also just like pissy and everybody mm-hmm. else hates us um <laughs> I'm going to say South Carolina is going to get taking back Sundays cute without the E because they're not really an SEC team, so they don't get to be part of this exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee oh, you know just what? gets without the E Cute without the E is, a, is, a, is way too good of a song for them. I'm going to give them Arms Race by Fallout Boy because that's what they think this is, but also they can't even be part of the, they can't even be part of the um, conversation. And then finally, Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee, hmm. ooh, can they have drowning lessons? <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I was going to give them something bad, like bad. Oh, what's that like na-na-na-na-na song? That's a bad song. That was like, yeah. a, what are you guys doing? That's what it's called. It's called na-na-na. Yeah. No, like Tennessee no is real words. T- Tennessee is definitely na-na-na because it is the MCR version of Rocky Top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to do it our own way. Okay, yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, no, the Na 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 music video is definitely the My Chemical Romance version of Losing to Georgia State. That music video is like, you guys have seen Mad Max, right? That's, do you yeah, get it? What if it were more colorful? <laughs> yeah. What if we mixed Arcade Fire with Mad Max? Do you guys like this? Yeah. Is this good? Uh, is this what the teens do? <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, no, Florida doesn't get one. MCR is too good of a band for Florida. Florida gets the cartoon show that Gerard Wade was going to make before he left and then played and then started my chemical romance which is to say nothing you get nothing <laughs> shame on you for asking that's for how that it. works nobody picked it up well no he, right. he had a signed deal with a uh, cartoon network i think do we have we don't have any uh james beerfield this week do we we have not gotten anything from them. the sweet man that's all we got that's everybody this has been chapel bell curve if you like what you heard here today but you know why would you but if you did you can give us a rating and a review over at itunes and we will read it on air uh, at one point when you yell at us for not reading it on air if you really like what you heard you can hit us up at patreon and become a, a, a part of this big beautiful beautiful organic machine that we're growing um, if you would like to support us monetarily in some other way you can go to etsy and search chapel bell curve and hit us up for some of our merch um, if you would like to get in touch with us you can find us on social media at instagram facebook or twitter at chapel bell curve it's if true. you would like to send us an email you can hit us up at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com. We will catch you this weekend in, on, in the loveliest city on the plains um, because, you know, Wartigo Plainsman or whatever. But until then, <laughs> go, dogs. go dogs. I never, never said I'd wait for... <laughs> We'd be together now. At the top of my lungs. I'm going to just sing until my wife comes in here and turns the computer off. Ha, 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 ha.